Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. It missed out last week for the first time ever because I took a week off and we couldn't work out what else to do other than to run it into this week and have a sort of a double Plank of the Week award. So it's actually Plank of the Fortnight. I've got the plank here uh, and I'm delighted to say that I'm in the company uh, of some people who have done this before. Emma Webb is here, uh, who is, of course, Conservative commentator, frequent guest on Plank of the Week. Kevin O'Sullivan, Talk Radio's very own hard man, is also here. Uh, He's also (laughs) been uh, on Plank of the Week many, many times. We're coming up towards the end of the year by the way and there will be a list made available of all those who have appeared the most on plank of the week and i think kevin you're up there uh, as one of the one of those who's been here the most now i'm going to make no apology for the fact that uh, a couple of my nominations actually come from last week because they're so good that i don't want to let them off the hook but i'm not going to go first i'm going to let emma kick us off so emma give us your first nomination so it's president erdogan and he turkey. probably hasn't figured i don't <laughs> think i'm pretty sure he has not figured before president of turkey why particularly is it blank this week so he a, a number i mean he he hasn't stopped opening his mouth all week um and he's got this kind of caliph complex yeah. um he obviously he said some pretty abhorrent things about france which mm. i think you could consider abetting um, some of the violence that's happened since. Um, but in addition to that, he's also shown himself to be just ridiculously oversensitive. Yeah. So he... Which for a dictator, which I'm going to call him, <laughs> frankly, because that's kind of what he is. I mean, he's a sort of benign dictator, if you want to compare him to Kim Jong-un. Yeah, but he's he... still a dictator, really. M- mediocre. Yeah. yeah. And he... he um, so he's he's trying to sue the Dutch politician Geert Wilders oh, yeah. uh, for a, a cartoon that he had posted online somewhere of Erdogan. I think he was wearing a, a bomb-shaped hat or something, and it had AKP, right. the, the the ruling party in Turkey that Erdogan is from, on it. Um, and he's he's done this a number of times. So he also previously has tried to um, sue a Turkish doctor for posting a picture comparing him to Gollum. Right. Um, and it just it's absurd and he's so oversensitive they don't like cartoons do they, they really don't no cartoons. and so it started it started at the beginning of this week with um, all of the offence taken at the Muhammad cartoons mm. which obviously turned very nasty yeah. um, and then ended up with Erdogan throwing his toys out the pram again because he doesn't like cartoons of himself right. being posted online right. um, and so the real re- reason is because you know obviously he likes to prosecute people for insulting the president which is a crime in Turkey is it so, a crime? so I thought who better to have as my number one plank of the week than somebody who doesn't like to be insulted. No, I think it's a very good start, an excellent start. In fact, I hope we don't ever get that law here, Kevin, with all the uh, uh, criticism that you and I it give to the government. Be, we'll be behind you'll be, bars You'll be locked long, up in yeah. the scrubs before you can say Jack Robinson <laughs> or even Tommy Robinson. But um, tell us what your first one is. 
Uh, well, since we're going back two weeks, I'm going to go for Marcus Rashford. Oh, yes. Uh, who uh, posted on Twitter, uh, out of interest, what does virtue signalling mean? Right. It means what you're doing about starving children. Uh, it means... Uh, that if you want to know what virtue signalling is, uh, Marcus, you should ask all your marketing and PR people that you've hired, your very expensive people that polish up your image. I'm not against his the thrust of his campaign to make sure that hungry kids go fed, but I do not accept, I've, it makes me really angry, that uh, he and the Labour Party have succeeded in painting this picture of a kind of Dickensian Britain mm. full of sort of Boris Johnson-type Scrooges you know, in, in, in handing Ladling Oliver out. Twist more. We want more. Yeah. You know, like, like but you know, the trouble it's is though. Rubbish. Yeah, but the it's trouble rubbish. is. Well, it might well be, but the trouble is the Tories don't help themselves um, by not really dealing with it properly. You know, instead of actually explaining well, no, no, totally. what they're doing. The fact, I mean, it's very, it's incredible to me that this Tory government who's given away more money than you could shake a stick at. I mean, they've come up with billions and billions and billions of pounds for people who need the money. Mm -hmm. And they've given more and more money to councils. Every time they lock a council down, they give them even more money. The 20 million for yeah, uh, they uh, tell dinner, them And they dinners, tell them to yeah. help out the, the people who need help. Mm -hmm. And yet they've managed to make themselves look like the Scrooge government of all time, yeah. which is extraordinary. Yeah, they, because I they're mean, not. You're, you're totally right that the, the the haplessness of the Tory government in terms of the optics of this free school meal saga has been just dreadful just absolutely dreadful. but they're useless at that kind of thing but the proposal that schools should pay for kids school meals during school holidays when the schools are closed is crazy mm. we shouldn't be doing that no. um, I mean and where does it go after this will Marcus Rash Rashford say oh well we've done school dinners should we do school breakfasts yeah yeah how about elevens is well you I know, mean it where won't does stop it stop here. it won't stop here because of all the people who uh, of course are virtue signalers Gary Lineker being the king of them he answered that tweet by saying oh I think uh, a virtue signaler is somebody uh, who's not of very good virtue having a go at somebody who is so yeah, that yeah, well, was his exactly. definition, basically, of exactly. anyone who's doing something nice. Exactly. I mean, you're very brave to ever go at Marcus Rashford. Well, I'm doing it partly for a laugh. Very few people <laughs> Just, will ever do it because yeah, they're yeah. too frightened of I'm what others... I'm the one others... who's blaming... Ra blame Rashford. Yeah. Also, he plays for Man United. I can't stand anyone who plays <laughs> for Man United. Well, I mean, that's an understandable but, but to be serious, it, it, it is... I am perturbed by this weird veneration that surrounds anyone who does something like this. Mm. All of a sudden, he's Saint Marcus. Mm. Yeah. He cares for children. And the Tories well, I'm sure he does care, care for, children, for children. But it doesn't do it, his it, image it, any harm yeah. either. But also, it has been children. pointed out as yeah. well that he has been with Manchester United since quite a young age. Mm. Yeah. Um, so whether or not he was actually starving... I mean, people have turned it into a political football, yeah. if you'll pardon the phrase. Yeah. Because, of course... Um, People who then said that he had a, a, a bad upbringing and a poor childhood well, say, well, he was brought up under the Blair government. Well, it's hardly Tony Blair's fault, is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the whole business of, of this, these kinds of emotive arguments is what's ruining politics but in this country, I think. I agree. Uh, and you're exactly right about the emotion of it uh, and the problem with it. We're now so sort of... Uh, romantic and emotional about these kind of issues starving children there aren't very many starving children by the way uh, well as many you, people have pointed out last month they were all obese weren't they yeah but well exactly which which crisis are we having this week to do with kids is it the obesity one or the hunger one they, they don't seem to go together but what we're talking about with this school meal saga is welfare state mission creep and if you're not careful, this government, with its obvious tendencies, mm. it's to do with coronavirus, they've got into the habit of handing out 
more and more money uh, and school meals will be no exception. So we have to take a stand against this school meals thing. I hope the Tories uh, stay strong on it because otherwise we're going to have a state that pays for everything and we're going to have 50, 67 million people basically going to the government, please help me, give me money, yeah. feed me. It's a, it's a state of mind mm. that is not healthy for this country. So no free school meals for kids in school holidays. You will now become the hate figure for most people know, on, uh, on social media. But I know you what know, I'm look doing. How much you know, I know what it. I'm doing. Look how much she enjoys it. I'm going to give you, <laughs> I'm going to give you my plank. And this one would have been in last week, but continues to be in this week because I keep seeing adverts for it. And it's Borat 2, but it's going to be Sasha Baron Cohen, the creator of Borat, a guy who's done a lot of very funny things in his time. Some people don't like him. Some people never liked him. But I thought the first Borat film was actually quite Agreed. funny. And it was quite outrageous and it was quite tasteless. But it was also something you could laugh at. The second one, which was heralded with some great kind of, you know, fanfare, um, is absolute and utter tosh. Not only is it tasteless and ghastly and not funny at all, but he's turned it into a sort of diatribe against the right wing of America. Mm. And he's making fun of um, uh, uh, ordinary Americans, which, nice he, which, which he did yeah. in the first one, but he somehow didn't do it in quite the same horrible way. Mm -hmm. And he's turned it into a sort of anti-Trump um, thing, which includes, I have to say, one of the most horrible kind of reenactments that he's trying to make, which is basically of Donald Trump assaulting his wife, mm. you know, and he's put that in the film. Mm. And it's just shocking. And I mean, I don't know why he's had to become suddenly this woke mm. king of, yeah. uh, you know, the democratic part of America, because, because he's supposed to be a comedian yeah. and he well, ain't funny. But he was always that way inclined, very liberal, lefty, Hampstead boy. Yeah, I don't mind your that. politics if you're funny. He's a comedian. But, but, but can I just say that Borat 2, and probably Borat 1 come to think of it, Borat 2, 100%, not for debate. This is a fact. It's racist. Yeah. It's a racist film. Yeah. And it's racist about the people of Kazakhstan. Uh, well, the Kazakhstan government have now apparently adopted it and said but, that it's fine. But why? Well, that's up to okay. them. But why would why would you say that? Uh, I mean, ha Sasha, how is your Kazakhstanese, if that's mm. how, what you call the language? Uh, I bet it's not as good as Borat's English, but it proposes that if somebody from a foreign country speaks poor, heavily accented English, then automatically we must laugh at them as if they're total halfwits. That's yeah. racism. It's racist. It's a racist film. It is. And if also, as somebody pointed out, if he wanted to make a, a sort of a, you know, a film and an investigation and a sort of a, a piss take, if you like, of Black Lives Matter, how do you think that would go? I don't think you'd be getting any Oscars anytime soon. No, no, you'll probably get Oscars for Borat too. Anyway. So Sasha Baron Cohen, definitely my yeah. first plank of the week. Emma, down to you again. Um, my second is Femi. Yes. Uh, Femi has done a lot this week. He's been very busy on Twitter, he's very, as uh, always. Very anxious to make, he's very anxious, it seems to me. He's now getting so desperate that he's coming out with some of the most ludicrous stuff I've yeah, ever seen. There was, he even posted a video of himself um, essentially stalking James Cleverly down the road and harassing him right. um, into answering his questions. Well, I mean, I'm talking about fake I think he's still pretending to be a teenager. Um, but he, so he, the first thing that he did yeah, this week... he must be nearly 40 now, isn't he? He's still wearing a T-shirt. Go on, Femi. He's the oldest pretend American in the world. <laughs> so the first, the first thing he did this week was calling uh, Nigel Farage a death-mongering liar. Oh, yeah. Um, the second thing he did was um, in this... He was... <laughs> He was, well, people. 
<laughs> so the second thing, the second thing that he did was he was uh, he did a, a video where he was talking about uh, trying to get people to continue supporting Labour rather than and creating a new party. Now this is the same Labour Party that refused him entry to it, wasn't it? Because he tried to apply to become a member of the Labour Party and they and they refused. He's just too far gone. Yeah. Uh, even f even for Jeremy Corbyn's Labour. Um, and in this video, he was you know, very seriously talking about proportional representation. And then suddenly, like you were saying before, in going back to sort of the Dickensian portrayal of all of the starving children in London, he said that, that we have a hard right Conservative Party that wants to starve children over exactly. Christmas. And that's what the problem is. Just <laughs> I mean, his latest tweet today uh, that I saw seemed to suggest that, uh, you know, there was something evil and twisted about anyone that wore mm -hmm. a poppy. And he was making fun of the BBC and saying, why are the BBC people having to wear poppies? Because surely that's some kind of political uh, statement. Yeah. So he's trying to, mm -hmm. you know, rehash yeah. the same debate that the left wants to have every single year when we get into November. Instead of just sitting down and shutting up and saying thank you yeah. to the people who actually died, died for this country or became country, yeah. injured as a result of, of fighting for this country. You know, let's instead have a mm -hmm. debate about, you know, the tyranny of, you know, misogyny over the rest of the world. I mean, do give it up, mate, for he, heaven's sake. He described it as a war-related campaign yeah. rather than it being a collective act of remembering yes. where people are trying to wear the poppy to raise well, money. It is related to the wars of the past, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, it's also, yes, well done, it's also to raise um, money. Marks, it's, also, it's also done to raise money for charities that look after veterans, you know. But only somebody from the left could see that as a problem. So he says that this this is justification. He thinks rather than telling saying that the, the BBC shouldn't wear the poppy, he thinks that they should wear presumably Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ. I mean, he really we. is now at the point of sort of uh, just putting in a box, isn't he? And just saying, <laughs> look, just stay over there, please. Unfortunately, people keep giving him the opportunity to appear. People say to me, why don't you get Femi back on? I'm never getting him on my show. I wouldn't give him the publicity. He was on it once, proved himself to be a complete moron, had never heard of the Balkans War, didn't know anything about the European Union. Uh, and his answer to every question is, I've studied EU law. Yeah. And you go, well, that's great. Yeah. Brilliant. One, qu one question, Femi. How come you're wrong about absolutely everything? Yes. I mean, he always backs the losers. Why don't the left do very well <laughs> politically? Because they never win. Yeah. They're always Because nobody actually wants to wrong. vote for well, all the things that they that, want to do. That's the thing he was saying about proportional representation. A classic EU activist yeah. who thinks, well, we can't play by the current that's rules, so we right. need to change He's the rules. He's obsessed with that. So, yeah. that they, so that they can get it right this time. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he, the interesting and he thing about proportional representation was the last time we had an election for the European Parliament, yeah. guess who became the biggest party in Brussels? The Brexit party. Yes. So I mean, that's what proportional representation yeah. will do for Femi. Yeah, but you're right. He's obsessed with proportional representation, and he talks as if it's at the forefront of all the debates. Yeah, we lost that. Uh, he lost it's that not, referendum no as well. No one is talking about it, Femi, except <laughs> you. But also, if you remember, you probably don't remember because it was so boring. Uh, but I remember we had a referendum yeah, no, about the EV voting system or something, didn't we? It's referendum right. that they want to redo. They're and obsessed with us. Which, which they also lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's have your second one. Uh, my second one is epidemiologists uh, on the basis that... Easy for um, you to say. I've never trusted... There's a lot of them. I've never trusted grown-ups who make models. And uh, they're called <laughs> epidemiologists. Right. Uh, their models don't work. Uh, I mean, I could go the easy route and... Uh, cite 
in particular, of course, Professor the Bonking Boffin, Neil Ferguson. Yeah. The and man, Collins and Whitty are yeah, coming not yeah. far behind. Well, uh, so I thought, well, I'll just get them all, to, all together, mm. all epidemiologists and their stupid little models that don't work, that have plunged this country into absolute crisis. It is due to these idiots' models that were in all this yeah. trouble. And that models, they never come true. Uh, Neil Ferguson has been reliably wrong on everything since 2002 when he was personally responsible for the horrific murder and incineration of millions of innocent farm animals yeah. to stop a foot-and-mouth epidemic that never, ever happened and was never in danger yeah, of happening. Were we supposed to catch foot-and-mouth? Was that the thing? Well, no, it was, that it was going to spread through the country. As soon as Someone... So it's going to kill all the animals, right? Well, yeah. So this is where they should have realised that this bloke is actually a psychopath, right? Because here's his reasoning. His reasoning is, I'll tell you what, mm. right? We've got to stop this horrible disease ripping mm. through yeah. the animal community yeah. and killing all the animals. Yeah. So here's my plan. We'll kill all the animals before they get killed well, by the virus. That he got that out of his system yeah. in the first well, yeah, well, yeah, but, he did, but he sort of did, did he? Yeah, and that's maybe, the thing. Yeah, maybe this is him sort of on the, on the rebound. The reason, we are in this, the reason we are in this mess now is due to that bonking boffin that breaks his own well, and rules. Well, China, to be for, uh, Yeah, but I mean, it, him whispering into Boris's ears, 500,000 will die. They were never, it was never going to be 500,000. And for some reason, BBC continues to wheel out this utterly discredited, always wrong boffin uh, to spew they more of his rubbish. On. But, Mind but, you, not as bad as, did you see that report last night on Liverpool? that they did on the BBC News. Unbelievable. I can't remember who their, um, their medical correspondent is. Mm. He's got a very forgettable name. Mm. But he did this. It was almost like it was a sort of um, a, a, a kind of frontline, you know, protest from mm. the BBC to say, look, this is all mm. terrible. What they didn't mention, of course, is that the, the number of infections seems to be dropping yeah. in Liverpool yeah. at the moment. Uh, all they had was this kind of tale of doom and gloom and how it was all going to be yeah. a terrible situation. <laughs> and it was like this kind of final yeah. uh, dispatch from the front line. Unbelievable. The thing is, uh, though, I, I agree. Uh, so Witty and Valance, uh, they're cut from exactly the same cloth as, as Neil Ferguson and all the members of SAGE. And they are enthralled to their own stupid models that don't work. I'm convinced that in years to come, uh, epidemiology will be like eugenics. It will be a completely <laughs> discredited science that we'll look back on and say, Christ, why on earth did we ever listen yeah. to this stupid Do you know what men worries with silly me, models? Do you know what worries me is that what we've discovered through this is that actually epidemiologists have been running the government for years ah, yeah. and everything that they do yeah. and all the policy that they come up with yeah. is based on these models, yeah. right? Yeah. I remember talking to my sister, who, who you know, Kevin, who works in the, in the commodities business, right? And as computers, after the sort of the crashes of Wall Street in the 80s, computers started to take over and the very smart people started to work on models of all sorts yeah, of, yeah, you know, possible outcomes. Algorithms and You know, models. algorithms, yeah, you know, yeah. because in the old days, a bit like Fleet Street, you worked on, on your nerves, yeah, basically. Yeah. And if you were in a trading room, yeah. you were selling and buying copper and steel and gold and whatever on the basis of what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. And people were making a fortune, losing a fortune. She had this young sort of... Uh, inventor type came in, geeky character, who had done a model, apparently, of uh, what was going to happen to the price of copper over the course of the next 24 yeah. months, right? And she said to him, after he'd run through this amazing model sort of, you know, explanation and said, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, she was like, what do you think will happen if um, the workers in Chile go on strike? Because they do that quite a lot in the copper mines. Mm. And he went, what? <laughs> and she said, well, presumably it would affect the price because the supply would obviously be curtailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm? He said, that's not in the model. Yeah, exactly. And she went, 
Well, you better put it in the model because that's what happens at least once every 15 months, you oh, know. No. Oh, and this no. is the problem that you're dealing with these characters who haven't been in the real mm. world. They don't, don't know and, and a, anything. And a government that, that talks about the science, the science. as there, if there, there is, is such though, a thing is, as the science. There isn't anything. it's absolutely watertight. That's the point. That people, people say you've got to listen to the science. Well, which science? Is right. it the, now, the epidemiologists, that, that don't forget, to, to their credit, in my view, there are lots of epidemiologists who don't think not lockdowns are necessary. They think they're a, a, an evil that is bad for the society that we all live in. And they're building their models to prove their case. Meanwhile, Ferguson and Witty and Valance build their models to prove their case. And as you say, Emma, mm. proves that the idea that we should listen to experts, mm. always trust the is nonsense because experts never agree. Yeah. But the trouble is it does work on some sections of society because people will sometimes argue with me and say, what's the matter? Don't you believe in facts because <laughs> you're a right-winger? And you go, well, actually, something that's going to happen in the future isn't a fact, yeah. I'm afraid. But that's I, I a think, prediction. Which science think, do we listen to? You're exactly I, I right. I think adv advisors should advise the government should govern yeah. and the government have just ceased to govern you, because they are focusing on the science kind of monomaniacally. But what, yeah. was, what was clear uh, on Saturday, I think there were two things... Uh, terrifying Boris and Boris by the way is completely now motivated motivated by blind terror uh, he's a quivering <laughs> he's a quivering wreck uh, who's scared of his own I don't think he's sleeping shadow. much do you? Uh, no he's not he looked terrible on Saturday but two things terrified him uh, one I think was the end of the prospect of the end of the furlough scheme two million suddenly out of uh, work right. suddenly unemployed literally yet mon come Monday, so he wanted to extend that. Secondly, it was that Witty and Valance and Sage have quite clearly said to him, you go against what we say, fine. You, get, you make the decision. We will denounce you as the man who ignored the science yeah. and killed thousands yeah. of Brits. He's terrified of that. And they because there's him, a chance of that, they've got him in no a vice like small, he can't move. Yeah. That's why yeah. he, they, there can't be an exit plan mm. yeah. because how can you wriggle out of this once you've committed to the science? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way that you can get out yeah. of those shackles. But yeah. what is he going to do on December the 2nd? You know, he's busy now because he's trying to cover the backbenchers who want to revolt against him, not because they're going to beat him in, in the vote, you know, on Wednesday. It's just that he doesn't want to have all these people that hate mm -hmm. him because he must... I mean, this is the worst nightmare for Boris. Yeah. He wants to be the most popular Prime Minister of all time and he's fast becoming the most unpopular. Yeah, mm -hmm. and is it, but he's got COVID monomania. You yeah, know, yeah. Absolute, absolutely myopic about COVID, this government. Mm -hmm. You know, we know this, uh, there, there are 18... Uh, conditions that kill more people than COVID. Yeah. You know, uh, the 99.5% of people who get COVID-19 will recover. Uh, the death rate is still vanishingly small in yeah. the population. 67 million. Why is this government absolutely fixated on this one not particularly virulent condition. It's bizarre. And there's, and there's so much else going on. It's just such a monumental cock-up yeah, from it Boris. Is. It's like, you know, putting out these uh, statements that are complete platitudes about what's happened today in Vienna, yeah. uh, what has happened, right. been happening in France. They're just completely ignoring all of the things that they should be focusing on. Yeah. And then Just they, because of this. To go back to epidemiologists as well, of course, their great crime on Saturday was to fuel Boris with this nonsense that 4,000 people a day would die by Christmas. And it turns out, it turns out it. that if it's, it was ever remotely true, the data they used was uh, four weeks old and irrelevant. Mm. Uh, but clearly, they're plucking numbers out of the well, ether also, to also scare us. Also, they were willfully 
removing parts of the graph, the heat, the famous heat graph, the heat <laughs> table what that they put they? out, right? What Look at they? all this bit over here, it's all dark. They forgot to give yeah. us the first part of the heat graph, which showed that up to half of the hospitals in England don't actually have any yeah. COVID patients yeah. at all. Yeah, the you tragedy know, of those two, out. the two Ronnies of doom, uh, Valance and Witty, the tragedy of them is when they're going, slide please, mm. heat graphs, <laughs> Look at this, yeah, look at yeah. this, that goes up at the end. But they actually think people are understanding what they're saying. Yeah. It's like everyone's going, oh, what the hell are they all right. about? It is just a bamboozler. They, re they really are losing the plot altogether and people are just fed up with it. Yeah, they really people are. People are going, I don't, think, I don't think this particular second lockdown will be as successful no. as the first one and I don't because lots of people won't do anything. Oh, yeah. I don't believe the polls either. I do not believe 73% no. of the population want more lockdown. No. They really don't. I don't know who they're asking. Yeah. But I think well, they're if they are asking, they're saying, if it was to save the life of millions of people, would you support another lockdown? Well, I must tell you, and you probably we can answer the same thing. I mean, you're in, you're in the business of sort of political discourse on a daily basis we're just you know hacks but i mean i've never been asked by you gov anything have no. you no no ever been polled oh, by no, you i was i was polled once uh, about um uh, and it was a poll on behalf of the green party and i was uh, stopped in the street and asked them um, uh would you um <laughs> would you mistake. vote for the green party i said <laughs> <laughs> would you vote for a the green party i said I don't really think so, no. He said, well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you support uh, us having uh, nuclear weapons? I said, not only do I support it, I think we should use them. <laughs> and he said, can I put you down for a don't know? I said, for that answer, you can. <laughs> Brilliant. It is amazing. My second one is, is one that I've been meaning to do for a while as well, because this is another story that's been hanging about for a while. It's from Scotland. Hamza Youssef, who is the Minister of Justice in Scotland, uh, who is a guy who's becoming universally hated because he wants to bring in this uh, hate speech law. Right. Neil Oliver talks about this mm. an awful lot. He actually tweeted out because it became an issue, not just because they're trying to kind of control actors, you know, artists, people who write books, people who are journalists, anything at all, if it's in any sort of context whatsoever, which is decided by this new law to be a hate crime, will be punishable by imprisonment, right? Now, it came up that if people were sitting around the dinner table, like in The Lives of Others, you know, that movie about the Stasi that was made about yeah. East Germany, um, what would happen if you were to say something which might be considered to be in breach? He decided that it would be a good idea to explain this to people on his Twitter account by saying, why would you not want to prosecute somebody who was engaged in hate speech around his own dinner table with his friends, <laughs> How right? Long you got? <laughs> so, so, so basically now the Scottish government, which is becoming more and more kind of dictator-like uh, mm. over the time that it's been in, um, will now want to basically have children uh, grasping on their parents because they've heard them having a conversation that they think might be a bit dodgy. Can you imagine? I think, yeah. I think the thing that's so sinister about Hamza Youssef and the way that he talks about all of this stuff surrounding the hate crime bill is the way that he doesn't seem to compute why this is wrong. He doesn't seem no. to. He doesn't seem to understand. He really seems to think that in order to you know reach the Elysian fields of this you know perfect utopian Scotland that yeah. he that he wants to achieve where everyone loves each other and respects each other that he's, he's actually mandating a, he's obviously what, never been to a Rangers Celtic match well in reality the Scotland he's imagining would be absolute hell yeah, yeah. because you'd have children you know ratting out their parents right. it so would be William Wallace you know a brave heart you know with a big blue face you'll never take our freedom <laughs> Nicholas Surgeon won a bet yeah right <laughs> we took it while you yeah, were at we lunch. We just did. Yeah. <laughs>
But it is extraordinary, isn't it, that people who, I mean, I've, this is more of a sort of a broader point that I've been making for a while now, is that devolution looks like the worst idea Tony Doesn't Blair it just, ever and had. City, and city right? mayors. Well, yes. You know, it's no, all I, crazy. I, I include all of that. Yeah. You know, I said this when Andy Burnham was kicking off about, you know, how he was having a row with Boris Johnson. Seemingly, he's the only guy that was. By right? the way, demanding that we had less freedom than Boris yes, wanted to do. exactly, give but more money. Yeah. Um, and the point about, you know, the way that they've somehow devolved power combination of Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, David Cameron and George Osborne have completely messed up the way this country is governed. Mm -hmm. And they've practically made it ungovernable. I mean, Mark Drakeford, I had down as a plank, right? But he's actually now looking more sensible than Boris Johnson. He statesman-like, doesn't he? And this is, the, this is the guy who was roping off supermarkets, right? Yeah. And I mean, the idea that he's now more sensible than our prime minister and he's able to say things like, well... Uh, depending on what the Prime Minister says, we may have to set up uh, you know, border patrols yeah. to stop people coming into Wales to escape the, London, the English lockdown. Yeah, what? I, still, I love the worst system there. You are no longer allowed to buy socks. That should beat COVID. Right. <laughs> yep. That should beat it. Well, did you see? I mean, it's, the great thing about Britain... It's as good as arrows say, in pubs. People, That'll beat COVID. You know, the, new, the new kind of mentality now, though, and the new mantra of, of, of ministers and of politicians on the side of lockdown is to say that, well, the thing is that, you know, if, you, if we'd done what they did in Taiwan and Singapore um, and Indonesia, where they've got very few COVID cases, then we wouldn't be in this situation, mm -hmm. right? And you go, well, hang on a minute. You know, this is Britain, first of all. Second of all, you know, nobody goes really to Taiwan to do anything unless you're going there to live yeah. or unless you're going there specifically for a reason. You know, everybody comes to London. Everybody comes through Britain. But the other thing is, um, when they banned um, clothing, as, a, as something you could buy as an essential item. Some guy in Wales turned up in a supermarket That's in his sorry. underpants. And I thought, you see, that is the Britain that I want to live in. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that I want. The guy's going, well, I don't have to wear clothes. The, the They're non-essential non item? Yeah. Non-essential. It's brilliant. You know? And the police, I think, actually arrested him on the grounds that he wasn't wearing any clothes. And he pointed out, well, you can't arrest me because... They're not essential items. Did you see the uh, Adam Bolton interview with Richard Tice? Where Do you know, I did. He said I, where, well, I saw a clip of it. Where he, he said, basically, well, if North, you know, North Korea have got a great lockdown. Yeah. If North Korea, what's good enough for North Korea is good enough for Adam Bolton. I had to watch And it. probably Nicola Sturgeon yeah. as well. Do you know, I had to watch that a couple of times. And I thought, surely to God, somebody's overdubbed this. That he couldn't have actually <laughs> said that on live television. But don't worry, because nobody's watching. Because they're yeah, all watching yeah, my show. Sky, Sky they're all News watching, gets an they're all watching about, talk radio. They're not they watching about 20,000 Sky News. <laughs> I mean, no, no, seriously, but Kay Burley's 90,000 viewers. And that's the flagship show, yeah, the breakfast show. Well, yeah. Nobody it? watches Sky News because it's useless. There was, there was a, a show uh, recently, a new show, I think it was on Channel 4, and this it was is a daytime, woman, a daytime, daytime oh, show Steph, that had Steph, zero, Steph, zero Steph viewers. Steph McGovern. Steph McGovern. <laughs> yes. Steph, she's I actually, great. You know what? I, because, because it was, I love it. I, I love it. That's the, all she does. The UK. 90 minutes every my, day. My, when she used to be on BBC uh, Breakfast doing the business show, yeah. uh, or the business commentary and stuff, and she used to have this great way of saying, the UK. Now, I don't want to make fun of people from Hartlepool, <laughs> which is where she's from. The UK <laughs> is now something I just say. Whenever the I see UK. the word UK, I just say it like that. If I actually, I'm not going to say I was bored in the Isle of Wight because my family will kill me although they don't bother watching anything that I do um, but we were because it was horrible, terrible weather and in it between looked great. I saw the it was great fun fantastic. actually but we had this beautiful big house and lovely big living room and at one point or other we were having lunch I guess in the house and I put it on and it came on this show this Steph show <laughs> I love it and she had <laughs> A whole, she had a whole sort of mixture, sort of ragtag bag of guests, none of whom I'd ever heard of. And it's right? like it, the studio is like some sort of de 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 decaying uh, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
but they were talking. But you know, but instead of having a sort of little conversation around something, they were talking about the American election. Mm, yeah. And all these bozos were on the show, none of whom knew anything about it clearly, and none of whom really had an opinion. Yeah. And then so, they did it for sort of about five minutes, and then she went now. Let's talk about tattoos. And you're kind of going, and you've gone no, from no, she's, she's Donald on a Trump planet. Uh, to Ali, tattoos. Really? Ali, Ross, Ali Ross wrote in The Sun, his brilliant column wrote about uh, she had this sort of doctor on, and she had this question of the day. <laughs> she said to him, What's the worst excuse you've ever given for not having sex? What? This, this, guy, this, what, this guy was on for <laughs> something completely different. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he just went, I don't know. <laughs> Tremendous interview. I love it. Well done. <laughs> it goes all across the UK. Steph, Steph McGovern is a plank of the week uh, honorary. She should be in there. Yeah, we might have to do it before the end of the year. Yeah. So you've mentioned Adam Bolton. Is he going to figure in your planks or is he giving no, no, him a miss? I, my, my third plank Well, he gets is, an honourable uh, mention, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, he should definitely be an honorary plank this yeah. week. There are just too many to, to too keep many. in the list. Yeah. Uh, so my third is Sam Smith. Oh, yes. He's making a comeback. I'm sure he's been on plank before. He must have been. Do you know, I think he was on plank of the week when he made his tearful uh, plea from inside yeah. of his so mansion this is, this in is the more, first lockdown. This yeah. is more of the same. Ah. So he's, I'm, I haven't included him because it, the content of what he said is plankish as such. You might say that it is. Um, but more because of his just constant public emoting. He, th- I mean, th- <laughs> twice this week he, he's been in the news for his constant attention-seeking. Right. And in a way, I'm slightly worried that he might be unwell right. um, because he's constantly talking about his feelings. Yes. If you if you read some of the quotes quoted in the uh, you know, are you the by Mail, the way misgendering uh, him because you don't you don't have to call uh, him of course, they. they. Well. He's they. Isn't they. they? Well, he's actually, they. so this features uh, one of the reasons why he's in the, the list of plagues because he said that. Um, that he was talking about his struggles with people getting his pro- getting pronouns wrong. Yeah. And he said That's that, you know, this is going to take time because he said, we're trying to change the language. Really? Um, so he was earlier, earlier in the week. Yeah, I've got um, some language for you. It's bad. <laughs> so earlier, I'm going to say he or, or they, who knows. Um, but uh, so earlier, earlier last week, um, he came out saying that he wants to be a mummy by the time he's 35. What, you mean like in the like British it, Museum? Like a... Egyptian, <laughs> Egyptian, I hope. I can, we're going to, sure a couple of people can volunteer yeah. to bandage him up. He's popping off to Egypt yeah, for, right. a, okay. for a long trip. Into um, the pyramids with you. <laughs> so uh, he wants to be a mummy by the time he's 35. Um, Is he going to have a womb in, uh, sort of inserted then, or something? So then, then he um, has come out, pardon the pun, um, saying that he... He'd already been talking about how he was feeling exhausted trying to find a boyfriend. Yeah. And now he's Should he's saying that he's um, all whiny. Yeah, it's probably whiny. because he's such a whinger that yeah, no one yeah. wants to be around him because it's unpleasant. But it can't be that difficult to find a boyfriend well, if you're now, a Well, now he's opening the market. He's saying he's w- he's willing to date anyone of any gender because oh, right. he's obviously getting a little bit desperate. Okay. Um, is he lonely? I, well, it's it, sounding like he is. Wow. Um, and so uh, I've put him in this week because he just will not stop well, crying. I would say that I'd be very prepared to do a deal with Sam Smith, that he could whinge on and whine in the irritating way that you're saying, uh, add him for nine forevermore, as long as he agrees not to sing. Because <laughs> when he sings, God almighty. I mean, talk about whiny singer. <laughs> He's, all, he's, he's a moany, horrible singer. His voice is really vile. 
It's not great, is it? Is I mean, but really? luckily, I'm amazed. This has all passed me by completely. I must be, I must be doing the right thing because I didn't even know any of this we news should, uh, at all. In fairness, though, it, it doesn't make a bad beer. It's quite nice. That is a nice beer. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, the dark one's a bit too strong for me, yeah. but you know. But, but it's not bad. So he but, should yeah. stick to beer yeah. brew. Perhaps we should lock him in a room with Femi, yeah. and they can <laughs> yeah. on together for eternity. Can imagine. Maybe, maybe they could get married. <laughs> There's a relationship made in hell. Do you take this they person to be your lawful wedded they person? Yes, they absolutely. do. <laughs> What? I know, I know. I mean, hopefully we emerge from all of this at some point. But I think the fact that we're in this kind of bizarre in and out of lockdown doesn't help. And yeah. it really, you know, because people start thinking about stuff, coming out with nonsense, making out that, you know, I mean, there are genuinely people suffering from mm -hmm. the fact that they haven't got a job. I spoke to a guy today who was a taxi driver who I said that it, lots yeah. of his mates have just given up on taxi driving. They can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's too stressful. They can't afford it. They can't feed their families. Some of them have had to get other jobs. Others have just become totally mm -hmm. depressed. And I think it's actually quite <laughs> ridiculous for somebody of his wealth. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can still suffer from depression even if you're rich. It's not the point. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't need to whine about it. When you know, it's a sort of touch of the Meghan Markles, you know, it's almost unsurvivable. It's very you know, and you very kind of go, of him. Well, yeah. they call it, do they not call it tone deaf yeah, tone yeah. in the woke yeah. world? Well, yeah, yeah. So he's tone deaf, actually. But yeah. because he's Sam Smith and because he's misgendered and because he's so open about his, you know, uh, problems, somehow that's all right. Well, an another, but actually, it's not all right. Another tone deaf emoter this week was Lily Allen. Oh, yeah. Because she did this whole and, and the oh, BBC this, this covered it. Toys She's, she has an, a line of sex toys coming out and she did this whole piece um, the BBC reported on it was basically an ad for her yeah, brand. It was. But they, um, yeah, so she, she was saying that she thinks that women should be more open and less guilty about these things and we should all talk publicly about why? Well, well, why? One, well, one, why? But <laughs> no also one wants two, to hear about it. And also, two, she's talking absolute rubbish anyway because I don't know many women who wouldn't be particularly open about it if they, if they wanted to be. It's not like anyone's stopping you. You know, if you want to talk about it, it's just not something you do, generally speaking, uh, on Plank of the Week or on, you don't suddenly come on the radio and go, do you want me to tell you about how I masturbate? And you go, well, not really, no, actually. <laughs> but it's a cynical attempt to flog her news well, what line I found of, worse about God all of that, knows what. What I found worse about all of that was on the BBC website Website, which is which, which because it was reported on mm -hmm. Newsround, right? They actually then had a link to um, a, a website in which it showed you how to have various different forms of masturbating, and you just think, well, really, this is a kids' BBC, um, you know, website, uh. and you're linking it to this place. Just the world has gone completely bonkers. But it's so it's so tone yeah, deaf Peter, and windy, isn't not. it? Yeah. Well, it's blue, but it's yeah. not Peter. I've got, sex, I've got a sex toy here I made earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just paint your name on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just bizarre. Sell it, sticky back. But this is the thing yeah. where you go, you know, but that's okay though. But that's fine. Yeah. You know, but if you say Marcus Rashford's not a very nice guy, you'll get absolutely slaughtered. Well, I didn't say he wasn't a very nice guy. I want to make that caveat. No, of course you but, didn't uh, say that. Absolutely not. Who's your third one then? Uh, well, I, w I was going to go for BBC Virtue Signalers. Uh, uh, but in a minute, I will cite a particular individual that I'm going to nominate as Plank of the Week. But if you noticed that when the new Director General, D Tim Davey, uh, ordained that uh, BBC journalists would have to be careful with their tweets, uh, and he actually said, you know, I don't want you virtue signalling about your politics and all that, you know. Now, it was the virtue signalling bit that got them furious because to tell BBC journalists that they're not allowed to advertise their, f their fabulous left-leaning wonderfulness mm. is, a, is a dagger through their self-regarding <laughs> hearts. It really is. Mm. You know, I, I can't tell everyone how wonderful 
wonderful I am, and and all my friends in Hampstead and Islington are wonderful yeah. too. Because we're for Remain, and we don't like Donald Trump. And we're nice people. Surely I could tweet that. And we're anyway, nice people. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are nice. We're people. nice people, and they're we're, horrid. Yeah. All those horrible right wingers. Well, so, horrid. But I'm going to cite. Horrid. Uh, so there was this huge uh, uprising from these furious virtue signalers of the BBC. Don't tell us we can't virtue signal, please. <laughs> anyway, there's a there's a. I know you'll have heard of this guy. He's very much a household name in his own house. His name is James Wong. Uh, he's a James gardener Wong. on oh, yeah. uh, a Gardener's Question Time. Does he? Uh, and he said he's making some incredibly tedious program for the BBC World Pro. Um, uh, world Service about potting plants or mm. something. Um, and he said, I assume since I'm making a programme for the World Service about pot plants, uh, then I'm included in this diktat. Well, I have no intention of obeying it one bit because virtue signalling is a term invented by the alt-right. No, it's not. Oh, dear. No, it's not. Right. So James Wong... Did he get fired? James Wong... No, well, of course, that, you know, what would be great would be if Tim... De- that, so loads of them did it. There was a guy off the BBC News desk, a guy called Henderson, started tweeting the same, I will not be told what I no. can and cannot tweet. I'd love for Tim David to go around and say, you, are you that Henderson guy? Yeah, yeah, you're out. Where's your P45? Yeah. Hey, Wong, your gardening programme is off. Right. Yeah, you, you've dug yourself a hole... It's too deep, you right. can't get out. So James Wong, the man who thinks virtue signalling is a term uh, invented by the alt-right uh, to demonise lovely people. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. People like him. Uh, by the way, James, it's not. James Wong is my plank of the week. Yeah, well, I think that probably covers an awful lot of people as well. I yes, Gary Lineker, symbol. Gary Lineker, who was in it last week, also made a kind of what you might call oh. clever, clever uh, reaction to it by putting out something about um, uh, Trump, which said, I think it was about mm. Trump, but it said something like, you know, this man is completely crazy. But for balance, I'll just say he's completely sane. You know, it was one of those. So and it's he, like there's obviously going to be a lot of this kind the of way, stuff going on. By the way, but, but on Lineker, Lineker, right? So suddenly, you know, he, he, he did take in a refugee for about three days uh, and there, was very, very diligent about letting us all know, wasn't he? Look, here's a letter he wrote. <laughs> yeah. Look, he says how great I was right. and how brilliant I <laughs> yeah. am. Yes, I mean, these people, people virtue signalling is People did cast some aspersions on the letter because the guy managed to put in the letter, you know, I was worried you might be very conservative. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Why would you write that? Yeah. Gary, why would you write Gary, that? We want a picture of this guy. We're beginning yeah, to doubt you, he even yeah. exists. Why would you why would you worry? Yeah. My third one is going to be Keir Starmer. And again, uh, you might accuse me of going slightly back into last the week. The cyclist friend. But I mean, only it could only happen to me, right? I take a week off, mm. first week of the year, <laughs> Keir Starmer runs over a cyclist <laughs> in his SUV. Shouldn't laugh. Right. And okay. apparently the cyclist's fine, so you, yeah, you yeah, could yeah, laugh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then he kicks Jeremy Corbyn out of the party after discovering that the party that he was in Jeremy Corbyn's shadow cabinet with was apparently anti-Semitic, even <laughs> though Shami Chakrabarti had already done an investigation mm -hmm. and told him that it wasn't. Mm. So poor old Keir, right? I mean, he's being banged from pillar to post. He doesn't know which end is up. One minute uh, he's working for Jeremy Corbyn and hugging him and yeah. sort of promoting him and saying he should be the next prime minister. Now he's throwing him under the bus. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Cynical well, it, Sir Comrade. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he said, I was shocked when I read the uh, Equalities and Human Rights Commission report. Yeah. Why were you shocked? You were there. Well, exactly. You were, sh you were there. And he claimed in an interview, did he not, that he tried his best yeah, right. to kind of highlight what the problems were, it's, but he wasn't really gaining any uh, traction. If the Tories were any good, uh, and they're not, but if they were, they'd be making a lot of play out of the fact that uh, tough, hard-lying Keir, the man who won't stand for anti-Semitism and had the... I, I mean, fair play. I was quite impressed that he suspended Corbyn. But one year ago, he was saying that this man, Corbyn, who I've just kicked out of the mm. party, uh, he should be your prime minister. Yeah. Not, year, and not only that should he be the prime minister, but that he was a man of great vision, uh, that he was one of the nicest and kindest yes, men that exactly. he'd ever seen. He repeatedly trotted yeah. out this nonsense that, you know, he's never been more smeared than any, than any other politician mm. in the history of politics. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. an enthusiastic backer, of course. Yeah. It wasn't like he was a reluctant kind of fellow traveller. What have the Tories done about that? Nothing. You haven't heard a word from They haven't from made them. any capital. They could, they could make so much capital out of that. Yeah. It probably says an awful lot about the current status of Labour that they haven't even bothered to because yeah. did Keir Starmer even exist in our... Political discussion well, exactly. aside from this, I mean, but the thing that I'm only, that I suppose, pleases me about this is that at least people have stopped going on about how brilliant Keir Starmer is, mm -hmm. yeah. because I never thought he was brilliant. I always thought he was dull, uninteresting, unimaginative, uh, you know, very unpersuasive in terms of what he wants from the country. And all he seems to do up to now is go along with what the government says and say that they should have done it earlier. Yeah, That's he, all he says. He's going to kick Corbyn out as well. Because I hope it, so. Because, well, he's had a very good reaction to it so far. Mm -hmm. uh, went up 5% in the polls. He's now 5% ahead of the Tories. And Except that, you know, you've got all these maniacs like John McDonnell, Diane Abbott yeah, and but, a collection of they, others who say he must be reinstated immediately. Yeah, but... But if you look, if you read into it, Len McCluskey started like that and then got more and more rod moderate. Yeah, they've read the rooms. Yeah, like they see can them. see. I'd Corbyn's like to see over. them split the Labour Party. I'd love to see them split the Labour Party. But, but, though, wouldn't you? Well, I don't think I don't think it will split the Labour Party. I think uh, uh, Keir Starmer and Len McCluskey and John McDonnell they suddenly realise, wait a minute, Corbyn's over, uh, and actually the public are very keen on a party that kicks Jeremy Corbyn out. Uh, Starmer will do it because it will get him votes. Well, listen, we've come to the end of our nine nominations. I will carry one over from last week, which might just be Sadiq Khan. You never know. Um, old Harry and Meghan have been quiet this week, haven't they? Although uh, she was quite noisy last week. Yes, so we'll have a look. That's another thing you missed. Yeah. yeah, I know. Unbelievable. So here's what we do now. You might remember this from the last time. We try and whittle it down to one each. So I'm going to kick it off this time and I'm going to choose my favourite one of Kevin's. He can choose yours and you can choose mm -hmm. mine. Is that good? Yep. So, give us your three again. Uh, I, Marcus Rashford, epidemiologist, 
Uh, James Mr. Wong, Wong and yeah. the uh, virtue signalers. Yes, I think it has to be the epidemiologist, doesn't it? Because it's because of them that in two days from now, we're all about to be locked yep. down again. Yeah. Unless, of course, uh, there was a story today, I think the Telegraph, saying that the R rate has gone below one. That but I can't change. see them that changing change anything. anything. So I think the epidemiologist. So do you want to choose... Remind uh, me, Emma, again. Uh, Erdogan, Femi and Sam Smith. Sam Smith. You've broken my heart. <laughs> Sam <laughs> not, Smith. Not Erdogan. In my three, so to pick one of these, Hamza Yusuf, Sasha Baron Cohen and Keir Hamza Starmer. Hamza Yusuf. Hamza Yusuf, he deserves it, Don't even need he? to think about it. Okay, mm. very, very quickly drawn that one. So Hamza Yusuf, Sam Smith and the epidemiologist. So what do you reckon? Well, I'm going for epidemiologists. Yeah. These are the people that's got, got us They really, I mean, there. I mean, that is, I suppose, the biggest... they continue to build their wrong models. The that biggest wrong modelling wrongly. of the week. Yeah, wrong modeller of the week. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't ever want them to design you a house, would yeah, you? Can exactly, you imagine? yeah. If you it would look that, like something painted gave, by Picasso. If you gave them an airfix kit, kit, the wings would all be in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Cockpit would be underneath. But they'll tell you, but it'll be all right in about six months. <laughs> and it'll be in the right well, it's place. It's a prediction, it's no. a scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They've reinvented the English language. Yeah, I think yeah. it's got to be epidemiologists, isn't it? Yeah, fine for me. So yeah. epidemiologists, that's the one. Well, thank you, guys. Epidemiologists, bank of the week. Don't forget, if you haven't done it, uh, what you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll see all the other great stuff that we do uh, every single week. And we'll also be doing a Plank of the Year show uh, coming up towards the end of December uh, if we're still allowed into the studio here, which, of course, we may not be. Uh, this has been Plank of the Week. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.